Welcome to Nightcap with B. Brown. Tonight's topic is Cannabis for the Curious, from Black Market to Legalization. Joining me in the conversation, we have Laurie Lucien. Hello. He's an attorney, co-founder of Major Bloom LLC, and managing member of Greenlight Business Solutions LLC. We also have Lindsay Cannon, who is an advocate and a connoisseur of cannabis. Tonight should be a very fruitful conversation and an enlightful one. So we'll jump right in. When did you first become involved with cannabis and how did it impact your life? Either one could start first. I, I can start. Um, when did I first be in, become involved? Well, <laughs> I've been cons consuming the plant um, since I was a teenager. So I would say over 20 years, definitely. Long avenues. <laughs> yeah, so um, my I actually got involved with the plant during Thanksgiving. Um, one of my cousins uh, had the uh, good fortune, good heart to share his weed with uh, me, and I went ham on a pie, an entire pie after that. Oh wow! So <laughs> that is when the love story began. So fairly recent for you. No, this was when I when I moved to America. So this was about like oh five. Oh okay. Okay, okay, okay. Like three years after I moved here. So growing up, I remember we, us ordering like nickel and dime bags, right? But I never recall us even trying to identify what was in those bags, so we don't know what we were smoking. Can you explain <laughs> the difference between flowers, extracts, and um, oils? Go for it, Laura. I mean, there's, yeah, go for it, Laura. Right, so the difference between flower, I can start with flower. So within the realm of flour, you'll find typically in the stores three types. You'll find something that's called indica, where you rarely find just an indica. And the way I like to remember indica, in the couch, so it makes you relax. And then you have sativa, which is more uh, cerebral, so you're more active with it. Um, and then you'll have some that are cross, where you'll have hybrids, which is what you have, mo most of what you have are hybrids, where they'll take a sativa and an indica and they'll merge them and they'll give you um, something with both properties. Um, I can go so, so far into the plant because the plant itself has these things called cannabinoids and your cannabinoids are these, they're, they're these active components in the plant and your body has receptors for them, part one, part two, this is a good thing, your body actually produces these cannabinoids as well. So you have an endocannabinoid system. So when you consume the plant, it actually takes care of imbalances that you may have in your own endocannabinoid system. And so okay. they're very. Now you get scientific, and I'm like, wait, it's all that. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, 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 I love, it, I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> I used to be a scientist. It's very easy to go. It's very easy to go down that rabbit hole of getting into our um, our receptors. It's such a. It's yeah. it's it's an amazing. I was just listening to a podcast about the the endocannabinoid system and um, what the conversations around. COVID-19 are coming up about that, but we can maybe touch on that later. I mean, I, yeah. It's so easy to go down a rabbit hole, but go It's ahead. crazy. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I mean, I could let you take over the aspect of uh, extractions and tinctures if you want. Well, yeah, so the, um, so there's, you know, the flowers and then there's what's come about in the last several years or depending on, you know, where you are in the culture, your level in the culture, um, there are also, um, extracts and there's live resins and then this these are basically come together by either applying a chemical and extracting the molecule thc out of it or you can do what is called a fresh press and more you may know more about this is just basically crushing the flower oh. 
and extracting the oil out of mm -hmm. it um, with pressure and heat. And those are where you get the, those like live resins and then the flavors and the terpenes and <laughs> okay okay but it all starts it all starts from the flower it all starts from the flower and so the, mo the most important thing is the flower is inactive um if you can if you can eat the flower you will not get high because it has to be heat activated um it's something called decarboxylation so at the end sorry it's too scientific but the end of, of, of well, the, you, we're following we're following right at the end of the molecule there's this carboxyl group and you have to deactivate it. And so by applying heat to it, you activate the THC and you can get the impact. So <clears throat> um, I know this uh, woman who developed this decarboxylation machine where it's like this small, you can just put your weed in there and then add it to your salad and it's active. Yeah, so it's wow. pretty cool. There's so many great things happening in the industry. Um, I've heard of that. That's, that's like something I put on my spinach salads. You know, sprinkle a little weed in it. Yes, yes, okay. So which method of consumption gets you high the quickest? Um, I think that dabbing. I don't know if you've ever heard of a dab. A dab I've seen someone do it and I had to call them because I, they, they had posted it online and I, I thought he had went to some hardcore drugs. I'm not even gonna lie. It looks like crack, right? I was like, what is happening? Oh my God, intervention. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm just dabbing. I'm like, what? Okay. No, like that a dab is like, so they extract um, the cannabinoids, it's mostly THC from, from the plant, and it's concentrated. So this extremely concentrated extraction, you put it into this pipe, and you smoke, yo, I can smoke, okay, I can go in. I, I got, took a hit of a dab, and I could not even move, like, I couldn't function. But it's because it has a purpose, too. Like, people who experience a lot of pain... Mm -hmm. They find it extremely useful to kind of help them sleep and go through those types of uh, symptoms. Okay. So my next question were what some of the positive and negative effects of consuming cannabis. You touched upon a little bit talking about helping people sleep. Um, we know it can bring down anxiety, but what are some other positive side effects? Positives and negatives? Yeah. Um, well, we have, there, there's... I think there's a lot more positives, obviously, um, but there are um, the negative effects of where you can over, you can overconsume for yourself and your psyche, um, where you the paranoia will, will set in. So I think I mean when we're, when we're talking, part of the conversation is I like to bring in microdosing because everyone has a purpose for why they consume. It does um, something for it does something for the psyche, but people I think can overdo it, right? Mm -hmm. okay <laughs> and have it has the opposite effect i think that with everything in life you have to get to the to this to the heart of like what you're mentioning of why you're consuming marijuana just like food just like sex just like alcohol if mm -hmm. used to escape your reality mm -hmm. you're not dealing with your real issues and the emotion emotion the emotions that you're escaping from they get buried into your subconscious and manifest in your life so you're not running away from anything when you smoke. You feel better temporarily, but the issue's still there. But if you're consuming um, for other reasons, you may need to, you know, you may need it for your body. You may need to just relax, but know why. If you're doing it to escape, address that. Journal while you consume, because that's that's how you start dealing with the emotion. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I was, I'm like, okay, it might actually help with journaling. Would you consider cannabis a gateway drug? Um. 
I would say absolutely not, because that theory was started by this man called Harry Anslinger, and it was started in response to this guy, Boggs, introducing a bill to criminalize marijuana, and they brought in an expert that told, the, 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 that told Congress that marijuana was not problematic. It was not going to cause your white women to go and rape and it, to go and sleep with your black men and all the stuff that they were saying. Mm-hmm. And in response to that, Harry Anslinger said, well, sir, I understand that marijuana does not cause the deleterious impa- impacts that you, we once thought. However, there was, one, there was an, uh, an opioid epidemic there. He was like, but ev- you got to understand, 50% of everybody who is on heroin right now started with marijuana. And that's how the gateway theory was started. It has not been substantiated scientifically at all. So that's why I, I feel passionately against it. Against it. It's actually uh, an exit drug. People use it to exit heavy opioid usage. In states where marijuana has been legalized, opioid use has decreased by 20%. It's an exit drug, not a gateway drug. Never heard it classified as an exit drug. That is Dr. Uma. I wouldn't. Ta- I'm not going to take credit for it. Dr. Uma, she's she's amazing. Lindsay, you have anything to add to that? Um, I mean, that's when you when you asked the question, I was thinking, gosh, that seems like such a like '80s thing um, of considering cannabis a gateway drug. I mean, if anything, your people's own prescription medications would be gateway drugs if you were if if. if if you were asking me, I, I think that's been, I think cannabis being a gateway drug has been totally disproven by the new prescription addictions we have. So in preparing for this interview, I spoke with individuals who they've been convicted in possession of marijuana. And in communities of color, we tend to be the first to prosecute and last to profit. Is having a convicted drug charge a barrier for entry in this space? It depends. For marijuana, it actually helps you in Massachusetts because Massachusetts has some programs, specifically the social equity program, where if you have a marijuana charge or your spouse has a marijuana charge or your sibling, you can participate in this program and it gives you priority when it comes to two particular licenses. Delivery licenses, which will be um, applications are out in May, and on social consumption. And so, and it also gives you a, a bunch of other benefits. So being, uh, having a, a marijuana charge is actually pretty helpful in, in Massachusetts. Okay. That's a different type of criteria. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Prerequisite. <laughs> so you, you touched upon a little bit about the equity programs and we know that business owners are predominantly white. I think it's roughly 4.3% of them are um, black. Are equity programs the answer to increasing ownership amongst people of color, or is it a flawed um, model that's unsustainable? Um, I don't think it's the, I think it's part of the answer. I think the education, I mean, I'm pretty biased because I am a vendor (laughs) (laughs) Um, for the social equity program, but I, I think providing education is always key. I'm all for it. But what would have made the program better Um, is if they made money available to people. Banks aren't loaning, and even if banks were loaning, since when did banks loan to people of color? They don't even give white women loans. So that wasn't an option. And you have to have access to credit and investors, and so it's really difficult to to raise funds. So they should have removed that barrier, part one. Part two, they require you to have a location in order for you to even apply. The application process can extend over a year. I've been in this process for, for almost two years now. Oh, wow. so, and I've got property that I'm paying, that people are paying rent for, and I'm paying rent for. Okay. okay? 
So they needed to remove that criteria for those who have been harmed by the war on drugs for social equity applicants and economic empowerment applicants as well. Because that's literally what's keeping us out. We can't find money and we can't find locations. Okay. And Lindsay, in your area, what's happening in that space? Is legalization something that's on the ballot or do you see that in the future or is it far off? Well, it's something interesting and it's interesting. I wanted to touch on something Lori mentioned about space. Like I was thinking, you know, having been in Massachusetts and then going into a state where it's, it's not recreational, you know, nor medical. Um, and I'll touch on the trends that's happening in the Midwest now, but um, it seems like what I saw when, when in, upon exiting Massachusetts and that whole area of, you know, Rhode Island, Connecticut and all that is that you have um, the opportunity is there, right? It's just like Massachusetts, it's the opportunity is there the liberal front is there, but when you truly dig down in deep, you can't, you still have, you're blocked with, with space when it comes to space. And that, whether that's brick and mortar, whether it's residential, can I live here? No, you can't. Um, you know, so that's, I, and I knew that was going to be an issue when, le when legalization came about. I'm like, they're, they're, all of this is great. Yep. It comes down to getting that brick and mortar in that business and those transactions. That's where you're going to see a barrier. And now, what I, what's happening with the Midwest, what we've seen is it's like, um, uh, you know, Illinois went medical. I haven't recently, but medical. Um, so the states kind of are surrounding. They're starting. To, it's just going to be slow. Right. Like everything. It's just going to be slow. And um, but I don't know what's exactly on the ballot now. Well, what's interesting is with the with the economic situation that we're in in this country i'm interested to see if that's going to cause some states to increase the rate at which they're legalizing marijuana i think it's going to have different effects on different states uh, some i think some states it's going to in some states it's going to accelerate and in some states it's going to take a back burner right oh that's true because they have other things to right that was my question laurie do you think massachusetts is going to accelerate i think they're trying i think that's why we have delivery licenses license applications coming out in May. I mean, it, it might have been part of the plan, but because in Massachusetts, um, the governor classified recreational marijuana as non-essential, I think that perhaps if they allow delivery to deliver for medical, that would be a way to bypass that problem. Are shops here allowed to have like gift cards and things? Because I didn't, I know the shop opened up in um, Grove Hall and I know if they didn't offer it, but I didn't know if that is a legality or they just might not offer it. Um, they probably, I, I haven't seen anything where you can give a gift card. But now, when it comes to um, advertising your products, advertise, advertising marijuana in Massachusetts, it's extremely difficult. They're like, there are no discounts, and this is recreational, no discounts, no uh, membership programs, nothing like that. I mean, I, there are membership programs, but no membership programs that would cause you to like get points that you get marijuana for. It's just really, really hard. So it's just in the store, go and purchase it, and that's it. That's it. Out. Okay. <laughs> okay. But that's because of the stigma. This people yeah. still think it's it's bad. They're like, oh well, it's here, but in the back of their mind, they still think it's like crack and heroin. And yeah. I personally usually have empathy and compassion, but it's very hard for me to exude that when I speak about this topic. <laughs> so okay especially, that's a great segue go ahead Lindsay. especially with when you're talking about forms of consumption i mean and this is this is i mean 
this is cultural, this is act, has to do with access, it has to do with education. When most of us, it's when you're, when you're talking about dabbing, right? It's like, and this is now an old way of, of dabbing is taking your torch and the banger and vaping, right? Because it's yeah. technically you're vaporizing the concentrate. But I mean, to black folk, it looks like crap. It does look like crap. Like, and so that's, you know, like that, basing? right. So that's a, that's kind of like a, that's a barrier. It's a barrier. So what are some other ways you can, so you got dabbing. I know people always know the old adage of rolling. What are some other ways? You got sprinkling it on food. Rolling like, food, right? Is that what you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What are uh, some other ways? One way I wanted to Exhibit share. Exhibit <laughs> Yeah. One way I wanted to share is, um, and I hate to say, even like the word, like what's happened with vaping, right? When we think of vaping, we're talking about the, the now when people hear vaping, we hear, oh, you're going to die from the pen and all that stuff. No, I'm talking about vaping. I'm talking about vaping the flower. And, um, and that's a good, this is, this is one of my favorite ways um, because you can reuse, when we talked about decarbing, you can reuse that, that vaped um, cannabis flower. So you're, you're heating it to certain temperatures that are going to um, extract, extract those different cannabinoids at different levels. And then you've got the vape weed that's already activated and ready to go that you can sprinkle on your salad or you can, um, I, in the winter, I made hot chocolate with it. Okay. So very cost effective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I um, steeped it in my like milk and chocolate and oh, and it, good sleep, good sleep. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So Laurie, I had the pleasure of hearing you speak and you made a good point about the government and media working together to demonize cannabis and its users. Can you speak to that statement? Oh man, the, the, the government and the media have a long relationship and it started in the beginning since people have been using paper to get their news. Um, and it was crazy because think about it. The, 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 the whole prohibition movement started around the 1910s when the Mexican revolution ended and the Mexicans started coming. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to 2000 when the Mexican revolution um, started, the Mexicans started coming over here. At that point, marijuana was legal in America. People were using hemp for all sorts of things, but nobody was having fun here because no one was smoking it. So the Mexicans come and they're smoking it. And obviously I mean, well, at that point, America's, at that point, some of the places weren't doing that well. So they start blaming the Mexicans and their weed. At that point, it was called cannabis. But this guy who owned the paper, Hearst, William Hearst, he starts publishing in his paper that marijuana, he called it, so that you could associate it with the Mexicans, causes your white women to go crazy and leave your husbands and go sleep with black men and go sleep with Mexicans. It causes Mexicans to, to go crazy and kill people. They were saying these absurd things. And think about the time here. There's no newspaper, there's no radio station, no television. The only way people get their news is from journalism. And back then we were naive. We trusted the media. So they, they believed everything. Journalism was, was at the acme of integrity, right? Uh -huh, and so uh -huh. they were like, oh my God, hide your Becky, hide your Karen, okay? <laughs> and that's literally what happened. And, and, that, and, the, and that continued. And when the, the Great Depression happened, oh my God, on Hubbrook News. They, they blame the Mexicans, they blame the marijuana. And you, man, I wish, I have a course on this that I wanna provide, it to, provide to you guys. But this has persisted. Even um, Reagan, 
when Reagan pulled up, he wanted to pass a horrible, horrible uh, bill that would overturn what America had actually been doing. Before Reagan got to be president, we were actually sending people to rehab instead of prison when they were um, addicted, when they were uh, caught with prison, uh, with, with drugs. Mm -hmm. But Reagan was like, I don't care about that shit. My prisons are empty. Black people outside happy and singing. This can't happen no more. So what he did was, he was in bed with his wife. He's like, hmm, how can we destroy Black America? And, and then his wife was like, ding, we will use our good friend, the media, because that's been our homie for life, right? So they called the media and they're like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do the, the no on drug campaign so we can make Americans believe that drugs are actually a huge problem. Mm -hmm. When they took office, 2% of Americans, I think 2 to 6% of Americans, believed that drugs were a big problem in America. By the end of, the, the, of that uh, thing, uh, nearly 60% of Americans believed that drugs were an issue, which opened the way for him to, to, to uh, enact his horrendous drug bill, um, putting that 100 to 1 ratio for crack and doing- Wait, say that again, 100? 100 to 1 ratio for crack. So if you have 500 grams of, of, of powder cocaine, but you have 5 grams of crack cocaine, you will go to jail for the same amount of time. Because black people use crack, white people use the powder. This shit was overtly racist. They also instituted minimum sentencing, removing the right of the judge to, to, to use his own discretion or her own discretion. So is that what they call the guidelines when they say we have to go by yep. the guidelines? Okay. Exactly. Okay. Before then, there was none of that. Reagan instituted that joint. After he and his wife got with their friends, the media, to start printing propaganda about drugs being a problem in America. Okay? And then our good friend Bill Clinton continued that shit. Bill, uh, Bill Clinton infuriates me because he goes on freaking Arsenio Hall playing a freaking instrument, whatever instrument he was playing. And like, oh my God, he's the first black president. I want to slap everybody who ever said that. I was going to say, I was like, myself. black people, Lord have mercy. Are we thinking that that's the first <laughs> claiming him as the well, inviting him to the picnic and making him a whole to-go plea? Yo. A lot of, uh, the, a lot of the, the generation now that's like creating magic in the industry a lot of us we were the product of the say no to drugs campaign i mean we were forced in elementary school to take these pledges and wear these pins around i remember all of that it's it's, it's crazy how that came that came full circle and now the main users yeah. now we're the, <laughs> the main users no but like i think that's why we have to be very weary and leery of what we read you've got to do your research first you got first you got to check your gut then go up to your brain and do some research with the interwebs and combine your brain with your heart and come out with some truth. And don't believe everything you read, hear, or see. Don't believe me. I could be lying to you too. Fact check. Fact <laughs> check. Okay. So why do you think the government is apprehensive about legalizing cannabis on a federal level? Oh, wow. Is it money? Um, why are they? I think that when you have 88% of people in jail for, um, like marijuana is for possession alone. When, or when you realize that um, states and states get incentivized based on the number of arrests that they have per year, and the arrests don't have to be for felonies, they can be for misdemeanors, they can be for shit just like loitering. And if they get you for loitering and you happen to have a little bit of weed on you, now they got you in their jail system. You have to understand. You have to understand how um, how these governments, how these judicial, how these uh, 
enforcement systems are capitalized. The way they get money is by putting people in prison for minor shit. Look up CompStat. Look up, um, oh my God, the Burn Grant, the Justice Burn Grant, which is a grant that police departments get, get per year. And they can use it for a bunch of things, law enforcement, education. But instead of education, they would rather break up families and use it for, for destroying, for, uh, for the destruction of families. Because we all know that if you pump in money into a community for education, you pump love, what happens? It flourishes. But if you take that money and you use it to criminalize the people who live there, it crumbles. But it's a choice, people. Understand that. And the reason why they don't want to decriminalize it is because there was, let me give you a little story of what happened in, in Massachusetts. There was a secret meeting that took place with the police at a convention called the, uh, uh, it's the NCIA. So the Massachusetts police were at this, um, they were at this conference and they it closed the door. They would not let any press in. Do you know what came out of that meeting? That the police are scared that they do not know what their role is because of decriminalization. They're afraid they're going to lose their jobs. And that's exactly why Harry Anslinger started chasing marijuana in the first place. Is because during the Great Depression, they wanted to get rid of the, the, the FBN, Federal Bureau of Narcotics, which is now, um, I think it's the FBN, is the, the DA now. They wanted to get rid of that entire department because they didn't have any money and people weren't really doing the drugs anymore. And he was like, you know what? I need to save my jobs. So he starts getting together with his friend, William Hearst, pumping shit in the media, getting people's minds crazy about the, the, the plant and criminalizing people. Do you see the pattern? Is that not what's happening now? Interesting. That's why history is important. Yeah. Yeah. But now they're afraid they're going to lose their jobs. So. Versus just restructuring. Like, instead okay. of saying, hmm, how about we figure out how to reuse these resources? Can we use law enforcement to be educational uh, officers to actually be uh, peace officers where you walk the streets trying to uh, remedy and heal instead of separate and destroy. Mm -hmm. So love always keeps things together. So if your system is pulling things apart, it's not rooted in love. So it's flawed and it's fucked up. That's the legal term for it. <laughs> flawed and fucked up. Okay. It's a, definitely control thing too and they have and that's what they have they have control over the known and the known is prosecuting right yep. the unknown the unknown is well how are we going to funnel these funds where are all the, what are we going to do with all these extra resources uh -huh. if, there's too many there's too many solutions and 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 remedies to to any kind of societal issues for it yep so it's easier to just say no to it. We don't want to be involved. States right. start doing their, do your own thing so we don't have to be to blame or we don't have to provide you with any money or provide you with any grants. The thing is people just accept that, oh, well, the, the police officers need to arrest us. Do they? Is that really the best way? No. And what are they arresting you for? A lot of these times these kids are just, they're just, in these, so we, we, we put, you cannot separate a human being from their environment. You have these individuals in these manufactured ghettos, and I'm using that word intentionally, these manufactured ghettos deprived of love, deprived of resources. You rip their families apart. No role models. What the hell do you expect them to do? They get, they, de they devolve into a state of nihilism. Uh -huh. Do you know what it's like when you feel like no one gives a fuck about you? But then you still, you're a black kid, so you got to act all tough. 
So you take I a hit of you take a hit of weed to take off the stress, and then the cops catch you for it. That's not right. Most of these kids, it's possession. So have you thinking that all these criminals are in there because they're all these masterminds? No, eighty-eight no. percent of them just had a little bit of weed on them, and it'd be just a little bit, just a little bit. Okay. So for viewers who want to get involved in the industry, what are some areas of entry that they can explore outside of opening a dispensary? Because I think people always think the only way you're going to be able to get into this industry is by growing it or open a dispensary and selling it. Anything you do. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I mean, the first level of it is there's, there's, there's going to be in most states now, and I won't say every state, but in most states now, they're going, there's going to be some sort of grassroots group that is pressing for legalization. I think that's the first level of, of involvement. That we, and, and that's the first level of involvement that we need. Just to get, get involved in, in a grassroots organization and seeing what their mission is, seeing what the next steps are. Um, and you know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah. Definitely agree. Um, and if you are in a state that's legal, for example, what I would say is anything you do is, ma is marijuana related because understand, understand that we're running ordinary businesses. So we need lawyers, we need CPAs, we need, uh, you know, san the sanitation staff, we need security. Every single thing you need to run a regular schmegular business, we need it in marijuana and marijuana pays more. And people tend to be more fun in those spaces. So I feel like I'm like doing an advertising. Come work for me. But yes, yes, because these are great sound bites that I'm actually going to use to put out because these are questions that people have is, you know, the industry is new. They don't know much about it. And if they wanted to get involved, how right. could they get involved? The way I got in was I was an attorney and I was doing, I was a corporate healthcare attorney and I was doing licensing work for a bunch of healthcare companies from pharmacies, third-party administrators. And I got this weird skill at licensing very heavily regulated in, in, industries. And when I realized that, you know, cor the corporate world was not for me, I realized I could do the same thing in cannabis. So I shifted my into cannabis because I was an attorney and I, and I had that transferable skill. If you're a CPA, you're needed. Like I always, CPAs are just clutch. Um, anything. Architects, are you kidding me? Do you know how much I spend on architects? Engineers, civil engineers? It's endless. You, whatever you do, you could be, you could do it in marijuana. Website, social media? Oh my God, social media. Um, managers. I, I keep going. These are all the people I need, by okay. the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good to know. When I come across individuals who want to get into that space that I know may be good at social media. Um, I do know some architects, but I don't know if they're doing it on that front, but I can talk about them. Maybe they want to start a side hustle. I mean, by every single, every single level. I mean, and even think science, like a lot of, and, and what, and what, this is a very, the industry is a baby. Like the industry is a baby, and and a lot of, of what we're trying to push forward um, is, our, our, I think I I come from the perspective of no like loving what the can the flower has to do, um, applying a stimulus to the human body. I think the human body is a fascinating machine to me. Um, so I the deeper levels came for me in in the industry when I became medical, um, and the problem that it solved for me. So I think, and I forgot where I was going to even go on with this, but the, um, <laughs> I did not forget what it <laughs> We'll go on medical. Medical works for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's needed in the industry. Yeah, but um, my, I was going towards science because a lot of the earlier science research 
was funded by government entities that were always looking for the negative parts of you know the, the the negative or the the drawback of of cannabis and marijuana or whatever so a lot of the early research is just is very very skewed oh my goodness so we just need some honest research now bro okay. the research that marijuana kills brain cells do you know how that research was conducted oh you know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they put a gas mask over monkeys heads where they couldn't breathe anything but the marijuana gas and they had them breathe what happens to any person who can't breathe? Their brain cells die. Now they wanted to blame it on the cannabis as opposed to the lack of oxygen that these monkeys were getting. These, these, um, the research was uh, deeply flawed. And there is so much research from Israel, from uh, India. They've been, India, they've been using marijuana. Light years ahead. Light years ahead. Millennia. Millennia. They, yo, honestly, the more I research India, like the more I realized they had it right. Like they had bung, which is like a spiritual um, mixture that they make and they offer it up to Shiva. Like <sighs> we're behind in a lot often. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, marijuana, you remember marijuana started 8,000 BCE. 8,000 BCE is when people started using cannabis. Um, Lindsay, you were going to chime in? No, I was going to say the opposite is true, too. When we did see positive correlations or positive outcomes, what happened to that research? It was squashed. Yep. They were silenced. Absolutely. Okay. A lot of food for thought, a lot of nuggets. So we're up on the last call. Are there any last words you would want to leave with the viewers? <laughs> I mean... So I do, I'm a, I'm a lawyer and, and, and I am an entrepreneur, but at the end of the day, I am an individual who incarnated to do one particular thing, and that is to expand people's consciousness so that they, they can discover their own greatness and combine their hearts with their minds. So what I want to tell everybody is if anybody who's watching this is feeling as if they're not good enough, as if they, they're doing things wrong, as if things aren't going right in their life first, understand that you are where you're supposed to be and there is strength that you're garnering from there. Anything that is in your heart, any desire that is seated there is a desire that comes from the divine. And so anything you want is divinely intended because it comes to, through you, through, the, through, through whatever you call, okay? So you are, in my opinion, you are perfect. You are where you're supposed to be and just sink, sit in that. And then with your brain, logically, ignore any of the negative thoughts because all they do is life is a, compu is a computer game. You have your desires in your heart, but your brain will come and try to produce some resistance to it. Don't, don't listen to them. Trust your heart, believe in yourself, and all things will be possible. And Laurie, where can they find you? So on the inst so I'm Legally Great on all my platforms. I also have a podcast, Legally Great, um, where I, I talk more about uh, a lot of energy and, and things of that sort. Um, so Legally Great on Instagram, Twitter, and it's Laura Lucy on Facebook. Okay. And you have, and you work with the equity program. I do. I work with the social equity program for um, the CCC. Also, uh, my consulting company, greenlight.bs, is us at, on IG. Um, and if, yeah, you can contact me or DM me if you'd like. Okay. Any last thoughts, Lindsay? Um, well, shoot. I should have went first, and then Laura should have went second. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great lasting words. <laughs> 
But I think, I mean, to add to that, I would be, I would, I would want to remind everyone to just, just educate yourself. Um, I think um, cannabis brings up a lot of, everything brings up a lot of issues, but cannabis in particular, we're even seeing class lines, those, those race and ethnic lines that those barriers to access. So um, I would just advise to be an advocate and be an educated advocate. Absolutely. And ask the hard questions. Okay. Well, thank you to my guests. Thank you for tuning in to Nightcap with B. Brown. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And we'll be back in another week.